0: Wave Troubleshooters John Bull, Natalia Martinez, and Mark Stevens take you behind the investigation on Wave Now. Hi, I'm Troubleshooter Mark Stevens joined by Troubleshooter John Bull. This is the next episode of our Wave Troubleshooters Behind the Investigation series. John, you just aired a story uh, Thursday night uh, looking into patient dumping, a really, really fantastic piece. Uh, First, I want to ask you, though, what is patient dumping? i would never heard of it. Well, patient dumping
1: is the refusal to screen or treat a patient by a hospital as they're required to by law, or uh, the refusal if a patient needs more rehab work, needs some type of medical assistance yet, the refusal to transfer to an appropriate facility. And when we get into the story here, uh, I'll get into exactly what the 1986 federal patient dumping law
0: mandates hospitals to do. Okay. So this came in as a tip.
1: Yes, this came in, uh, we we got, over the years, we've had a lot of people call in and allege patient dumping, Um, but it wasn't until December 1st when we had an actual university hospital employee call in just after five o'clock in the afternoon in the cold, horrified, saying uh, that she saw uh, security wheel a elderly patient out, still in the gown, just off, premises of property at uh, Hancock and Ali and dumped a patient and turned right around on the corner and, and and leave. And so I was on the air, I messaged the desk and I said, do you see this uh, call we just got? They said, yep. And I said, swing a photographer by there. And so we had a photographer in the area and he immediately went over there and shot some shots of it. We were so horrified, I mean, you saw the video. Yeah. We are so horrified by the video, we are like, whoa. And so from there, I just started parking on the street, right near that corner, right near the emergency room entrance there at University Hospital and watching myself. At the same time, we were in a meeting talking about whether or not we should pursue this and somebody said, hey, we just got an email uh, with an allegation of, of patient dumping and involved Norton Hospital. And we dug up the email. It was like had been like a month earlier, and uh, and I went and pursued that, which is in the story as well. Their allegations. But as I was sitting outside the University of Hospital, then on December sixteenth, on fr- it was like a Friday night, like about seven o'clock at night, I, I watched uh, what you'll see in the story. Uh, security, three security guards uh, walk an elderly woman with a walker out and slowly walk her all the way just off premises to that same corner that the the previous uh, patient was uh, dropped off at. Um, Do you know why it's that particular corner? Because it's the closest corner just off property, I believe. It's, ju- it's the closest
0: spot to, that is just technically off their property. And so basically what you're trying to understand is are the hospitals taking patients that uh, they don't want to treat or they don't need to treat and then just bringing them right. because they can't pay so, or right. What, so the to so the question
1: is from. the question is here: um, Are these just homeless people trying to get in out of the cold? Sure. Uh, or are these people with an actual you know emergency condition or uh, something that needs to be treated? Um, so and, and that's that's the precarious line in this. And also at the same time, uh, it hit the media here uh, several months ago that there were two large patient dumping verdicts reached in the state of Kentucky against a couple of, of hospital systems, uh, not in Louisville. Um, and so I, I reached out to a local attorney who won a $2.3 million verdict in one of the cases over in Lexington and sat down with him, and he was very, very helpful, Hans Poppy talked about his case and and then provided me with... He had done a lot of research on the case histories and showed me how there aren't a lot of... Jury awards to the plaintiffs for patient dumping in the state. But it was interesting when I got looking at some of the cases, you know, kind of the similarities to what people complain about. For instance, uh, one of the cases that resulted in like a, a million and a half dollar verdict was one of these frequent flyer homeless people coming to a hospital over and over again. They finally got sick of him and they told him they didn't even screen him. And just told him to get out of here. I think they may have given him cab fare, and he goes out and dies of an untreated ulcer. And they socked that hospital not once but twice. It went to it went to trial once and it was 1.5 million, got reversed on appeal, and it uh, came back for retrial a couple years later. Same evidence and another whole jury said no. That's 1.45 million and essentially. We value that the same way the first jury did. So um, when juries speak
0: in these cases, if the facts are present, sure. they will slam a hospital. So as you were producing this, um, obviously I would imagine it's, it's a lot of hours of you know sitting in, in your car and, and just watching. What was the clue when, when you eventually find the woman that you did? What, were you, what did you see that you went, okay, I think this might be the moment? Uh, security guards surrounding uh,
1: someone in a, with a walker. I mean, that was to me right away. I knew, okay, this is going to be something that's, I'm going to need to question or look into. And, uh, and then when the security guards had cleared in that case, I ran down the woman and, um, talked to her and interviewed her, as you'll see in the story. And she, she said that she had been, she had come in, she had COPD and she couldn't breathe and she was crying and uh she she said that they uh, a doctor met with her, she says for less than one minute, and they told her she had to leave so um, you know and I, and one of the things about this story you're about to see is we waited three months uh, in one hospital's case for a substantive response our our attorney for our station uh, didn't think that we were getting enough of a response and kept pressing me to press them to give us more of a response. So we waited three months and still hadn't gotten a substantive response. So we went ahead and scheduled the story and I emailed public relations department said it's scheduled. And then we got a more substantive response and you'll see the entire uh, response by university hospital in uh, our web article. I think this is probably a good time to go ahead and play the story. Yeah, for sure. And then we'll play off that. This story begins December 1st at 5 p.m. with a phone call to our newsroom from a horrified University Hospital employee claiming security had just wheeled a woman all the way out to the corner of Hancock and Ali just off hospital property, dumped the elderly woman out of the wheelchair on the sidewalk and left. Minutes later, we shot video of her, still in a soiled hospital gown and slippers, breathing hard, under a blanket, placed over her in 36-degree weather, her stuff in a bag next to her. The employee claimed she sees this a lot. So I started watching, and on December 16th at 7 p.m., 35 degrees outside, I record three security guards surrounding an elderly woman with a walker, slowly escorting her out of the emergency room. She can't move fast. It takes several minutes to make it all the way to the same corner of Hancock and Ali. After they have her across the street, off the hospital property, the security guards turn around and go back. When they clear, I catch up to her and she says she can't
0: breathe.
2: They told me that I could not stay on the premises. Amen. Were you in there as a patient? Well, I needed to be a patient because I'm, I'm, I'm sick. What's what's wrong with you? I've got COPD. I got diabetes.
1: So they wouldn't even treat you?
2: The doctor talked to me for one minute. And they told you what? That I had to leave.
1: What reason did he give you? But he
2: didn't give me a reason. She tells me she's homeless. Go ahead. I've got to go a I'm what's, in pain. I was in a car crash and it completely shattered my hip and pelvis right here. I got like 30 something screwed.
1: Matthew Haber and his mother claim a similar story. They met us in front of Wayside Mission in the spot where they say he was dumped in October.
2: And they said, well, we can't find a rehab right now.
1: Linda Haber said when Norton Hospital told her they had a room lined up for Matthew at Wayside, she checked it out.
2: I called Wayside Christian Mission. And just to confirm, and they said, no, they said, we, we can't do that. We can't, you know, they have beds and they help them find jobs and stuff, but we don't take medically needy people. We don't do that. And
1: then she says she had a conference call with the hospital staff.
2: The social worker said, w- we're going to take him to a, a shelter. And I said, which one? And they said, uh, Wayside Christian Mission. And I, I said, well, I know that's not true because I called them and they don't take him. And then the lady said, uh, the social worker said, well, that's history. Let's think of something else.
1: Halber says the next day, her son was unloaded from a transport vehicle on the curb in the rain on Jackson Street in front of Wayside.
2: I thought they dumped my, my garbage I have to put out to the curb. <laughs> that's how I, they dumped my son, like garbage.
1: Linda Halber said she was in no shape to care for him at home and she died after this interview.
0: They put all their stuff on the sidewalk over there. They dump them off over here on the sidewalk and get back in that vehicle and get out here just as fast as they can.
1: Wayside staffer Perry Lane helped Matthew out of the rain and says he witnesses the same kind of thing dozens of times per year from hospitals as far away as Eastern Kentucky. He says they're often lied to about the medical treatment they'll receive at the shelter. What's the worst physical shape you've seen somebody (coughs) in who was dumped? This guy here was pretty bad. Paralyzed,
0: people that can't walk. That are totally relied on on a wheelchair. Take them out, put them in the wheelchair, throw all their stuff on the, s*** and take off.
1: Wayside's Chief Operating Officer Nina Mosley tells me it's not uncommon. She says they're not trained medically and sometimes they take patients right back to the hospitals. How can you dump people? These are human beings. How can you just dump them and leave them? It doesn't make any sense to me. It's unhuman, man. We detailed these incidents with dates and times to both Norton and University Hospitals. Norton Healthcare Senior Vice President Renee Murphy responded in an email that says, In order to safeguard the privacy of patients and in compliance with HIPAA, we are not permitted to discuss specifics regarding a patient's case. There are several details to this case that may not have been communicated to you by the family. As Mr. Hauber has not signed a HIPAA release of information form, we will not be able to share those details with you. University Hospital Public Relations Director David MacArthur replied they appear to be working on behalf of U L Hospital. Unfortunately, the images that were provided by WAVE do not reveal enough information to track down additional details or identify whether the individuals on either day sought care from any of our team. What is heartbreaking for UofL Health staff is that we often encounter situations where patients need assistance beyond medical care. As the community's safety net hospital, the challenges are particularly even more acute when providing health care to the unhoused population of Metro Louisville. Community resources are limited, and even when they are available, many individuals that may benefit from those resources still refuse assistance. The Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act, known as EMTALA, was passed in 1986 as a federal anti-dumping law. It mandates patients who present to a hospital emergency department must undergo an appropriate medical screening examination by a physician to determine whether they have an emergency medical condition. If they do... They must be stabilized and treated, and an appropriate transfer may take place to another facility with adequate capabilities.
0: Juries take the hospital's obligations to treat emergency patients very, very seriously.
1: Attorney Hans Poppy knows that firsthand. He won a $2.3 million patient dumping verdict, Most of that in punitive damages after his client, who was coming to a Lexington hospital by ambulance with a cardiac emergency, was turned away and directed to another hospital. Juries
0: don't like to punish hospitals.
1: There aren't many verdicts in Kentucky history favoring plaintiffs in alleged patient dumping cases, but this one is interesting. A $1.5 million verdict awarded in Fayette County to a difficult patient with a history of ER visits dumped by a hospital, rolled outside in a wheelchair with taxi fare, and hours later, the man was dead of an untreated ulcer. After being reversed on appeal, another jury socked the hospital for $1.45 million.
0: What that tells us is if a jury hears a case and they believe that there has been an EMTALA violation where a patient has been dumped or abandoned by the hospital, They really get upset.
2: Like, I'm worthless, man. We're throwaway. We're garbage, you know?
0: Really, really powerful video, powerful story. Yeah, Uh, so,
1: I mean, there are the complaints. There is what we found when we looked into them. There's the hospital response and a little context on the issue of patient dumping when it's gone to a jury.
0: Before we finish, I just want to ask, you know, again, in the reporting process, how, how hard were you trying to get a response from the hospitals? Uh months um, in, in one case
1: months. Um, and you know, I, w- I wish they would have sat down and talked with me about it because there, there, there is a huge side of that story to tell. I mean, I mean, U uh, of L hospital is a level one trauma center. They, they got no time to have people taking up beds, you know, that maybe shouldn't be there with people rolling in gunshot victims, etc. Uh, so I, I, I would love to sit down and talk to them about this. Um, Uh, another interesting aspect you know how this works when when we when we do a story a lot of times when the promotion for the story the tea starts running a couple of days before the story then people come out of the woodwork and i and i got a call from a local police officer who worked off duty at uh university hospital and and uh, she contacted me and she said wow someone's actually going to finally do a story on this she said uh i emailed the CEO of U of L Health about this on March 1st, and and what I had seen, what I had witnessed, and asked for some kind of help. Like we got to do better than this. And uh, she said that she was then informed she no longer works there. So wow, uh, yeah. And um, I asked U of L about that, and they uh, all they would tell me about that was she has the same concerns as we do. And, um, and, but as far as her employment ending, they they said that she works through a third party contractor, i.e., the
0: security firm, Mm -hmm. and they couldn't talk for them. So, obviously, I know this came in as a tip, I've been monitoring our troubleshooter hotline. There's been some reaction to the story. Yeah. Other um, more in the future. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be doing follow-ups on this. I've got several
1: other people that want to tell me their story, but more importantly, I've got people expressing what you know. What can we as a community do about this? And U of L Health said the same thing. Like they're looking into uh, ways to do something other than this. Because you know, regardless of how you feel about the story, regardless of whether that's technically patient dumping or not, in some of these cases. I think we can all agree that scene with that woman on the, on the corner is, is something that should be very unsettling for all of us. And we
0: we shouldn't have that happen. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm troubleshooter Mark Stevens. This is troubleshooter John Bolt. This is uh wave uh wave troubleshooters behind the podcast or i almost called it the wrong series behind the
1: investigation yeah you just yeah. found out everything we have uh behind this investigation but it's going to continue i promise you if you have any tips remember hit the troubleshooter hotline they've been coming in fast and furious especially ever since this story aired we'll be back with another episode behind the investigation soon stay tuned have a good day